This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayak. What's up, listeners? Welcome to a brand new episode of Inspiring Design Season 2. I'm your host, Rashan, and Season 2, we're continuing on with the student's point of view, and today is no exception to that. We're design thinking our way through education and design featuring students from different facets of subject areas, disciplines, and stages in their educational career. So to kick things off today, I'm here with a very special guest, Elvin John Legich. John Legich, that's it. I just did not want to get that <laughs> name wrong. Elvin is 22 and a current stu- student at QUT studying architecture, but he's also got some passions in uh, photography and graphic design. He's got a long history of design intentions that extend back to his early teenage years where he taught himself several applications, which I will list in a second, that extended all the way from the Adobe Suite, Photoshop, Lightroom, Premiere Pro, After Effects, Illustrator, and then the Autodesk Suite, Revit, AutoCAD, Inventor, 3ds Max, Cinema 4D, and Lumion. That's impressive. And let's dive into how he actually managed to self-teach, taught himself all of these softwares while studying full-time. So let's get into it, and welcome to the show, Elvin. Perfect. Thank you, Rishan. Um, I appreciate your time and for having me here. Um, so essentially, um, I've moved schools from Brisbane to Melbourne, and when I was in Melbourne, I kind of started getting into gaming. Uh, if you look at the weather in Melbourne, it's really cold, so you're always indoors. So the only Absolutely. way to yeah, the only way to kind of stay into in contact with your friends was through online gaming, and that's when I started uh, kind of teaming up with uh, students in my classes, and it all started with having uh, a thing called a clan, which is a, gr- a group of players or almost a team. Right. And with that, uh, I didn't really have many resources, but we wanted to kind of create logos, create create these uh, backgrounds, start YouTube and be, be really creative. We had all these creative intentions, but I didn't really have the resources or the money to pay for someone to uh, create me a logo. So I, I did a bit of research uh, into how I could get into that, mm-hmm. how I could start that. And essentially I learned what programs I needed to use uh, in order to achieve a specific outcome. Mm-hmm. So I kept going through uh, plenty of videos through YouTube, through YouTube, through uh, forums, plenty of Googling, finding out how do I get exactly this image that I've got in my head. And of course, it all starts with uh, sketching. Mm-hmm. So sketching out something, seeing if everyone uh, enjoys the idea, having a few iterations, and then moving on to that. Uh, after that gaming and kind of beginning to learn programs, I progressed to uh, creating logos for other people. Uh, for example, DJs. I had a few people who did music. Yeah, so right. I, would ju- I would just like do uh, logos just for fun, and I would watch a tutorial online, and I would essentially learn how to create something cool. And I would follow the tutorial exactly, but mm-hmm. after that, I would uh, change it up and make it into my own style. Yeah. So every, I believe everyone's got their own uh, designing style, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what you really need to teach yourself and something that you need to develop throughout the years. Yeah. So as I moved back to Queensland, I found that I was really struggling with school and we, we used different programs. So I decided to do um, graphics in school and that was a lot more uh, based towards architecture. There was a lot of 
um, industrial design. There was a lot of hand drawing that I actually wasn't used to. We didn't have those resources in Melbourne. We used to do like robotics. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of just changing a few uh, numbers on a program, but I wouldn't really understand it. So but this is in high school? This is in yeah, kind of middle school, okay. progressing into high school. Yep. So about year 10 when I moved back to Brisbane, I uh, started uh, doing graphics and that was uh, creating logos and uh, learning uh, two specific things. One was um, user-centered design and design principles and design kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. So before we would jump into all these programs, we had to completely understand what design is, what are we doing it for, and what makes design unique. So anyone can grab a program, anyone can grab a product, but if you don't know how to use it or if you don't have this kind of vision yeah. for it, it, it might not end well. Yeah. So basically we were kind of sat there to and taught how to how to properly use alignment, how to use repetition, how to use everything else that these are these design principles. So after learning that properly uh, throughout a few years, so progressing from grade 10 up to grade 12, I properly learned how to design. And the way I would kind of exercise this was through practice, through uh, teaching myself how to do all these. And by the time I hit grade 12, because I was struggling, I had to really teach myself all these programs, both mm -hmm. Photoshop and Revit, as well as Inventor. I had to stay back. Instead of finishing school at 3 o'clock, I stayed back till 6 o'clock every day. Wow. I didn't have a computer at home, so I, I just had to use that. If I had to render, and I didn't really know back then how to properly render in the cloud, yeah. I would have to sit there and wait for the render to come out while I was sit there and just sketching for a few hours. Yeah. So it was kind of like after-school care for myself. <laughs> and the teacher would sit there just eating. Yeah. Uh, there, would, there would be about like 10 of us doing it because these assignments were actually huge and we were all kind of uh, competitive within the OP system. Yeah. So for me, it was becoming uh, kind of like a role model in that system because every year we would be shown an example of an assignment and I would always see someone else's assignment, which was an A+, and I was questioned, how can I make mine look like that? Mm -hmm. So by the end of... Uh, grade 12 my assignment was carried on for the past three or four years as an like, example as an example so awesome. yeah, I, I pushed myself I'd have a bunch of people messaging me on uh, Facebook uh, <laughs> can I send them my assignment and I'll be like no dude just do it yourself you've been yeah. shown once if mm. you can't remember it like basically just do what you think is necessary and what you think you are capable of if you're not capable of it I teach yourself because that's exactly the way I did it it shouldn't really be copying and pasting which is what I do not condone of a yep. lot of people just try and copy and paste even in uni to this day I have a lot of people who just try and copy my work or mm. do those sort of things and it's just do what you think is right by your design because it's what you have in your mind and what you want to lay out absolutely I mean that's why your design style has now been established and people are recognizing yeah. it so that's pretty cool now why did you choose to study archi in uni so essentially with that last assignment um uh, i noticed i did really well i did a plus a plus a plus i absolutely smashed out my architecture assignment that was the last one for year 12 mm -hmm. and that was extremely competitive that assignment so that was maybe about 90 students and i came in the top two because of that assignment i was VHA 8 so that was pretty close to yeah. getting A plus across the whole board for that last yeah. for the last subject and essentially in year 11 I wasn't doing too good mm -hmm. and I went from maybe about a B B minus mm -hmm. all the way to an A plus so I really kind of some people would be myself. happy with a B minus yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah they would but for my parents it wasn't okay. acceptable and I saw I, I originally wanted to do engineering because mm -hmm. I'm very I'm technical I have a technical mind and a creative mind as well mm -hmm. so everything I create is 
kind of out of this world but at the same time i make it realistic to some extent mm. i try and make it kind of a, like a feasible thing that can be built mm-hmm. so with that i wanted to do engineering and i was really good at physics and science because i just i, I understand it as common sense mm-hmm. however i'm very creative and i can just sit there and let my mind yeah. kind of take away so my physics teacher basically told me if you want to do the maths and if you genuinely enjoy it, do engineering. If you want to do the fun stuff and actually design it, mm-hmm. which is what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. you should do architecture. Perfect. And yeah, after he said that, that's when I kind of realized I'm enjoying my graphics a lot more than I'm enjoying doing maths, maths B or yeah. physics. Even though I enjoyed physics and I enjoy incorporating all that together, I just enjoyed doing graphics completely. And I kind of felt like I need to be doing something for the rest of my life that I'm going to enjoy or else it's just Absolutely. a waste of time a waste of life I guess yeah yeah so yeah that sounds cool now when you first started to play with the software applications yeah. back in I think you mentioned your early teenage years in yeah. Melbourne to now how many how many software applications do you think you've self-taught yourself ballpark <laughs> yeah that, that's I, I honestly can't put a number on it everything I've wanted to do I've kind of taught myself I've really pushed myself to be able to export what I've wanted to. I've never really had money as a child. My parents never had money. I couldn't really give someone $200 to make me a logo. Yeah. And even with that, I can, I've taught myself to do all this so I can benefit myself and I can benefit my friends and my family if they've needed something. And even with that, to this day, I decided to pick up a camera because I saw all these cool photos on Instagram and I really questioned how do I do that, so I mm. googled it. Yeah. I found out what camera I need to buy, what lens I need to buy. So you're essentially problem solving. Yeah, so essentially everything's problem solving because I have a budget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a budget. I can't really afford to yeah. uh, pay people to take photos of me just so I have a, a cool photos on Instagram. Essentially, it was yeah. I really like this. I want to learn how to do it. And after you watch a few videos, that's when you begin to uh, build a bit of momentum, a bit of interest. And once that interest builds, you kind of find out if you're good at it or if you're not good at it. Yeah. So essentially with photography, I found out that I was quite passionate with that. I taught myself how to use a camera, how to use uh, Adobe Lightroom, how to use a Photoshop and kind of um, putting images and transferring them between the two programs. And essentially when you do that, it's kind of like a translating and throwing them back at back and forth between the program is something I didn't really understand. I've taught myself that recently, how to, edit something throw into photoshop mm-hmm. um take something out of the image throw it back into lightroom adjust the lighting yeah adjust the colors so learning how to kind of interlace mm-hmm. between programs is a big crucial step which i believe a lot of people should learn as well oh absolutely it's uh, it's really funny it it reminded me of a story back then when because in uni they actually don't teach any software yeah. applications where whereas now they're starting to yeah back when i went through it we self-taught ourselves the software applications as well. And no one told me the difference between Illustrator and InDesign and Photoshop yeah. and this and that, right? So we did everything in Photoshop, <laughs> literally everything. Yeah, exact same with me. There you go. Yeah. And you have these presentation panels that are like <laughs> half a gig and they're pixel-based. Yeah, so the and as soon as you stretch it up, it's gone. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you're working with these huge files just because no one else has taught you anything. Yeah. It took me... Th- until the first day at one of the architectural firms here yeah. to understand that <laughs> you're supposed to make panels in InDesign, yeah. you're supposed to do vector work in Illustrator, you're supposed to do image manipulation in, in Photoshop, Photoshop yeah. 
where we were all doing it in the same bag. So there you go. And and I think it's really good because it allows you to, I think, remember those skill sets yeah. like no other. It just gets ingrained. Yeah, it's in kind you. of when you make mistakes and then you kind of learn from it. Exactly. That's exactly the same thing I did. I think I had to transfer one of my files onto uh, the, what, the tablets there, the computers at uni. And mm -hmm. it was taking like 10 minutes to transfer my poster and he's, the lecturer was there and he was looking at me. He's like, why is your file so big? He's like, did you not save it properly? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, what'd you make it? And I said, I, I exported it out from Photoshop. Yep. And he just looked at me like, oh, no. you should have made it into like a PDF and put it into another program. So yep. essentially learning from these mistakes. And that's kind of what you carry with you. It's, I guess it saves a lot of time, a lot of money teaching yourself these things, especially these small uh, tips and tricks. Absolutely. Well, and it's kind of these things you can't learn from one specific place. It has to be from a branch. You learn from yeah. other people, people older than you, people younger than you. Learn from YouTube, learn from forums. If you've got an issue with something, you type it up and you learn. Yeah. Essentially, you just collate all this knowledge and you can become a teacher yourself, essentially. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of it where you're essentially playing with these applications. Yeah. And now it has been, what, like 12 years at least? Probably? Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically with that, it's a, a lot of experimentation I would find something that I wanted to create and I would learn how to use these different tools. Uh, there's this thing on YouTube called Speed Arts where people would make these cool uh, 3D logos. So go into Cinema 4D, they would put someone's name, let's say a uh, David, and they would put David there in 3D and then they'd bring that into Photoshop yep. and they would add maybe about 30 different layers but they would speed instead of a one hour process, they would speed it down to three minutes. So it's wow. like a time lapse, like something really enjoyable that you can watch and mm. kind of see how something progresses. So I enjoyed just sitting there for a few minutes, just watching how people do. And I'd kind of try and like slow motion the video down with my eyes and look at what they do, if they're masking, yep. you know, what kind of tools they're using, what kind of filters they're applying on Photoshop or you know, how to do that. And essentially you build off of other people's knowledge with these programs is, an endless amount of ways to learn and endless amount of ways to kind of do something. So it's interesting to actually learn off of other people and see what methods they use to achieve an outcome. Yeah. Even if you're trying to achieve the same outcome, there's there's so many ways you can kind of get there in the end. So it's that was a, a big part of learning was finding other people's styles and kind of bringing it together to what's easiest for me and what I understand the most. Yeah, yeah. Some people won't agree with the way I design some things. Mm. So it, it might be faster the way I do it. It might be slower, but it's the way I've been taught. Yep. If they can teach me to do something faster, perfect. Yeah. If I can teach them to do something faster as well, that's... I think that's some valuable advice you just shared because most people will look for a tutorial where they break it down step by step, yeah. usually with someone talking or yeah. has, has something written. Whereas you've gone to this speed mechanism just to make yeah. things quicker and you're pausing it to adjust your own speed. So that's yeah. actually really cool. So if you're listening to this, there you go, guys. That's a, that's a perfect tip. Try it out for yourself and see if it works. Now, can you list the software applications that you've self-taught? So <laughs> I, I can list it in order that I've learned it okay. and the intention. Mm -hmm. So the first one was to create logos from Photoshop, that's just the way I okay. I said how, you literally typed in how to create a logo and it would come up straight away with Photoshop. So that was my initial knowledge was, hey, we create logos through Photoshop. Yeah. Through that was how do I create 3D? And at that, at that point, Adobe didn't have this 3D option in Photoshop, hmm. which is actually exists there. And a lot of people actually don't know that yep. Adobe has this 3D option where you can make 3D text and you can do all these cool effects. Yeah. So they didn't have that back in the day when I started. Mm -hmm. So I had to, 
use a student license to get a Cinema 4D. Mm-hmm. And with this program, it's basically for animators and for people to model things. If you want to make car parts, if you want to make products, you can literally model in this program. It's very similar to 3ds Max by uh, Autodesk. Mm-hmm. So it kind of works the same as that. You can create videos in this. You can just create kind of still images. You've got a timeline. It's basically like 10 programs kind of put into one but it's very, very complicated. Mm-hmm. And that program itself takes a long time to learn. But if you master it, you are almost like an expert in your industry. If mm-hmm. you can master that, mm-hmm. I believe you've kind of got this extreme understanding of how all design programs work because that program itself is in is, is extremely in-depth because that uses kind of like, it's almost like Adobe After Effects mixed with Photoshop mixed with all these other programs. It kind yeah. of you play with materials, you play with all that. So I did that just to get these uh, 3D kind of texts to make into my logo, so I could kind of be different from everyone just doing flat logos. Mm-hmm. From there, I went on to learning Revit. From then, this is still in high school. Yeah, this is in yep. high school. Yeah, this was so the original uh, Photoshop. I learned that in grade six. Wow. Yeah. So it's a long way back, and that's when I started playing. That's where I got my PlayStation as well, and when I started originally playing with friends and all that, it would all just be online, so I kind of tried to create this team. It's almost like everyone getting cars and trying to make like a racing team or everyone having bikes and trying to have this biking team. Yeah. You kind of just want this logo, like something to represent yourselves, and that's where the interest really started. So. And so the this wasn't actually triggered by a school subject or anything like that? This was just purely with a few friends online and I didn't actually have a class where I could learn how to do that. Yeah. I think that was more towards grade eight and nine where I, where I'd learn that or towards yeah. grade 10. But yeah, I never had that class option in my Melbourne school. So when I came to back to Queensland, that's where I had the option to do graphics mm-hmm. and because I already knew how to do Photoshop, I said, all right, this yeah. is going to be easy. Yeah. But at that point I knew how to use the tools. I didn't know how to design, which was the big, the big um, learning curve. Yeah. So at that point, it's you can have all these resources, but if you don't know how to execute something, it's kind of really pointless. Absolutely. I mean, these are all different tools to achieve yeah. a certain outcome. Yeah. So the thinking is the actual driver behind everything. Yeah. So you're, you're onto it. So after Revit, what, what did you learn? So we learned Inventor, and that was kind of creating products. Yeah. I actually created this. Uh, so we would basically be given these... A problem to solve almost like architectural problems how you have to adjust to a client we were given a, a user to adhere to so we had a disability that was a topic and I had to make a product that did not exist on the market that could be used in the Paralympics Perfect. for people with disability so what I wanted to do was create a prosthetic leg um, that could be used in swimming pools so essentially I made uh, this leg that could be used for water polo so you could kind of stand up in it or you could swim and it had these uh, kind of like these flaps like these fins mm. and essentially the um, graphics uh, tutor or teacher liked my idea that much and he thought I really made everything work in Inventor I made everything millimeter perfect everything was moving and uh, basically I made it work so fine he told me to actually go to Speedo and to get Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, to get go to speedo because they would know how to do yep. all that stuff. So basically, he told me to kind of execute that. I didn't really push on with that because I didn't have money to make like a patent for the idea. Because mm. it was a good idea, but yeah, I guess I could still look into it and all Explore that. Explore the option, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but I, th- I believe having 
a problem in front of you and trying to execute it is really what drove me to learning the program because I had to teach myself how to make these complex curves. How do I make everything fit? Yeah. How do I make these threads in this steel? Basically, you have to teach yourself everything that on top of that, you have to research what kind of material I have to use. How can I do this so it you know, mm. it is like kind of stainless and how, how is it light? How can I use this in water? Yeah. So even when you've got all these tools, it's kind of how you can use this research around you Absolutely. To make to kind of ref- refine the design. So you're now still in year ten. Yeah, this is still year ten. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All and right. So what what happened after Inventor? That went on to Corel Draw, which we didn't use too much. Mm-hmm. We used kind of used that for logos as well, and uh, making kind of business cards and posters. So that was our version of Illustrator because we didn't have the license for Illustrator, unfortunately. That would have come in handy when you came to uni because you can laser cut with it anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. So we had that. Um, I did a bit of media for a year. So I had to I essentially taught myself Sony Vegas, which is an editing program. Mm-hmm. So I got the student license for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the university had uh, After Effects and yep. had Premiere Pro. So After Effects is for kind of creating these special effects into video, yep. while Premiere Pro is more so for transitions and for kind of aligning a story. Mm-hmm. So that was learning those two programs. After that, continued back into graphics, pretty much just finished Revit on there and kind of got to a, a very, very comfortable level where I was teaching others how to do, mm-hmm. how, to, how to use the program, how to render how to actually throw materiality on, make my own materiality for the programs. Yeah. And when I entered university, I was kind of above all students in the first two semesters. No one knew how to use Revit, so mm-hmm. I was teaching everyone. And I kept going around saying it's really easy because I was I was really willing to actually teach people because I know the best way to teach yourself or the best way to learn is to actually teach. Yeah. So I was more than happy to go around. I taught a few friends how to use Revit I've had a few group assignments as well. It, it got to a point where I went into, I think it was uh, Visualization 3, mm-hmm. and we had a tutor, and I had I had quite a complex design to do, and I had some things, so some issues that I ran into that I've never experienced before, a few errors on the actual program themselves, and I didn't really know how to get past that. So essentially, the tutor, she didn't really understand the issue either, so I had to go out of my way and hmm. kind of teach myself how to get past these errors do I have to start a new file completely yeah essentially had to teach the teacher <laughs> so, yeah that would have been an interesting experience so yeah did, did that and I guess I've progressed now to a point where I'm using external applications alongside Autodesk Autodesk so I'm using uh, Lumion mm-hmm. I'm trying to I actually downloaded I think it was like three other rendering programs a few weeks ago just so I could uh, pick out and use these different programs and kind of refine what I really liked and what I was comfortable with. Yep. And that's what I'm still working on currently is finding a rendering program other than Lumion, which I can kind of be comfortable with and create the vision I have because currently I, I'm not very happy with the export of Lumion. Okay. I kind of want to find something a bit more realistic. I'm not too happy with the colors and Kind yep. of the foliage they've got in that. Fair enough. Have you looked into V-Ray? Yeah, I'm looking into V-Ray. Yeah. I've also there's another one. Uh, I forgot what it was called. Can't think of this one. Is it Enscape? No, no, no. There's Enscape, but there's another one that recently came out. Okay. It's something Engine Four, something like that. 
Unreal e- Engine. E- Unreal Engine, yeah. Yep. So they've made a new one and recently they actually made it free for everyone. Oh, wow. There so, you go. Yeah, so I just downloaded that just so I could try it. So yep. I'm just going to go through all these. But um, from what I've seen, I believe uh, V-Ray mm. as well as I think there's a, a add-on called Corona. Mm-hmm. If you add those two together, I've seen some Unreal renders from that yeah and yeah i've been through a few pages on facebook as well so a mm-hmm. few threads and they're called like a uh, rendering or like architecture rendering yeah. uh, groups mm-hmm. that i'm part of yeah and basically everyone will post their renders uh, their work and kind of everyone will go in the comments and judge if it's realistic or not they will say your water's a bit too reflective yeah your lights are a bit too unrealistic and they will list down what programs they've done they'll say I've taken this from Revit, I've put it into V-Ray, and Mm -hmm. I've gone into Photoshop after, and they'll say what they've done. So essentially, I kind of see what I like, and I'm trying to... Emulate that. Emulate and narrow it down to using less programs, but at the same time, having knowledge into what programs I need to export what I want. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm seeing these patterns while you're telling me your story. It's essentially looking at other people's experiences yeah. and learning from it at the same time you're using either a project or whether it's at school or uni or something or a hobby yeah. like in the right in the beginning to play with this software to align with some sort of a certain task or a problem that you're trying to solve so it gives you that energy to do it not just for the sake of learning a software and you just keep going from it so yeah. that's pretty cool yeah so with that it's all about experimentation it's one thing to look at your tutorial but it's another thing to actually sit back from what you've learned and kind of use it in different ways and Find your make, own make way. your own style because you can't just be copying and pasting everything or else yep. you're kind of trying to become someone else when you should be developing your own taste as an architect or as a photographer. Mm. I know since I got my camera, it took me a year since I started editing. I've been through hundreds of tutorials of how to edit these photos, how do I get yep. this photo looking like this. So for the past, or for that whole year, I just sat there trying to make my own style yeah and I finally kind of developed something I'm very happy with and every time you see my photos on my feed they will all align together they'll, they'll align nicely and just flow together yeah however when my photo is posted on someone else's um, someone else's wall you will see the difference between my photo compared to theirs yeah both with what's actually taken from the camera <laughs> so what's taken on scene and with post-production you'll see how the editing's different so yeah with that it's all about kind of picking your own style and developing and with that even if you're thinking of doing freelance work people want to hire you for your style and yep. for what you're exporting not kind of what you're copying so it's all about kind of making a name for yourself through your own style absolutely definitely and you're onto something mate and and it's a i think a very labor-intensive journey but it's still a good journey because no one else can actually replace you it's your creative mindset it's your creative skills that's honed in on that particular style so that's perfect now i've got a couple of questions i want to ask you just because what you've gone through is incredible and firstly what was the software that was the hardest to self teach yourself cinema 4d 100 percent the hardest (laughs) because i i feel like i've only learned five percent of it there's just so much to go through yeah however the easiest not the easiest but the most time i've spent on would be photoshop okay i think i've gone so deep with that program and i'm extremely comfortable with that i Mm -hmm. can teach a lot in that i can basically anything i have in my in my mind i can produce on photoshop yep 
However, when it comes to Cinema 4D, that's it, it's a lot harder, and I feel like there's a lot more learning that needs to be done in order to kind yeah. of get to that level of comfort with that I am with Photoshop and a few other Adobe programs. Yeah. However, yeah, Cinema 4D is definitely okay. the hardest. And how long did the soft software like Revit take for you to be comfortable with? Revit, I would say maybe maybe probably a year. Okay. And that was learning after school. Maybe we would have graphics maybe twice a week. Okay. So, and you would only do that for about 10 weeks. So we had the, the terms in yep. school. So you'd have 10 weeks, maybe 12 weeks of just learning this program yep. while, while sitting after class and just twice a week yeah exactly so okay. trying to do that and we had this thing called op maximizer as well which is where you stay in the library after school or you stay in a class and everyone would kind of just sit there with like a uh, supervised and everyone would just do their assignments at school because they couldn't do it at home for some reason mm-hmm. so i didn't have the computer at home and i only just recently got myself a nice setup at home where i can produce all this mm-hmm. but i would eventually have to sit at uni or I'd sit at school just learning and spending plenty of hours there yeah. teaching myself what I can and I guess yeah. yeah it took about a year to get to a level where I would impress impress the teachers at school so in year 10 it was all right but when it got to year 11 I took it up a notch and then when it took it to year 12 that's when I kind of showed everyone I'm the real deal mm. and because I was I was a bit quiet in in school and after I handed in my assignment the teacher looked at me and said uh, you're a dark horse <laughs> so essentially meaning like I was quiet but when I produced it he was actually extremely impressed with what I had yeah and he knew I was one of the uh, kind of top competitors in the class which yeah I, when I was in class I just wouldn't want to share my work because I've had a lot of experience of people completely just copying my work everything I would design mm. they would literally have like a correct spitting image of it yeah they were just so I've always been a very introverted when it comes to my own work trying mm-hmm. to kind of just put it in my own space in my own privacy and I don't like to go out and look at other people's work especially if it's for the same assignment because yep. I feel like a lot of people just you run your path yeah I just run my own path a lot of people just kind of think oh I, I'm missing this I need this but it's kind of like oh this is my vision I've talked to the teacher or the tutor, to the tutor about this yep. this is how I'm going to execute it this is what's going to work and I feel like a lot of people need to also do that as well instead of kind of trying to run around find as many ideas yeah you kind of never perfect anything absolutely and you're then deterring away from what's actually true to you yeah. so you're not you're not running your own lane you're actually looking sideways and usually the horses that look sideways yeah. don't don't win the race, <laughs> yeah, so. win the race yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool now how did you manage all this while studying now i can understand the school segment where they had a supervised program where you have to sit back after class and actually do that. Yeah. Whereas in tertiary, you don't have that. You're on your own and the workload can be varying. I yeah, know yeah, having yeah. gone through Aki. Yeah. How did you manage that? All right. So basically, this is quite a story. Um, <laughs> we would do a thing called all-nighters where we would stay <laughs> at uni. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it started off from first year. I didn't really have like a, a light box to do my drawings on. So I had to spend the night at uni. Mm-hmm. So I'd come in the afternoon, I would spend all night there, go have dinner at like seven o'clock, and then I would go home, catch the first bus home at maybe 6 a.m. Wow. I'd, I'd go and sleep, and as soon as I woke up, I'd have about four or five hours sleep, and I'd take the bus back into the city. So it was about an hour back home, an hour there. So it, my whole life was kind of invested into uni. On top of this, I had to you know, balance work mm-hmm. and kind of save up for 
I guess my computer which I've got now mm-hmm. however I didn't really have that back in first year second year or third year so I had to spend my time at uni and I think my record is Sunday afternoon all the way till Thursday night and wow that, that was actually with an assignment that you gave me oh wow yeah, really yeah, yeah no, that, but there was two other assignments that day as well okay so there was three assignments due on the same day which is why I had no other option but to kind of call off work for that week and spend the Sunday to the Thursday completely wow. obliterating the assignments you seem pretty happy with what I well that's good <laughs> <laughs> that's always a good outcome well that's incredible man and so obviously I feel like I know the answer to this question but did it affect your work-life balance and grades and things like that because you're so invested in having to self-teach yourself this software especially in that subject where i had to uh, kind of teach the tutor how to use the program she wasn't very familiar with it unfortunately Mm -hmm. so it's kind of kind of paying for a class and not being taught properly and honestly i've honestly felt for the past three four years that I've been paying to learn off of YouTube and off of myself and I kind of question why I actually pay for university if mm-hmm. I have to teach myself mm-hmm. but unfortunately that's the case and that's but th- that is the case but essentially it has its benefits as well mm-hmm. I, I don't kind of regret teaching myself yep I actually have a, a lot of pride in having all these self-taught programs so when I, whenever I go into a class or a tutorial I know how to do everything I've essentially taught myself the only thing I won't ever understand properly or well, the, the thing I never taught until university was kind of Australian standards and mm. and I, I'm not taught any of that in school yep. and I can't really teach myself that properly at home until I have a professional there looking at my work saying hey this is to standard this isn't yep. but essentially I would know how to do every step yep. the only problem was the execution of making it to a particular standard I mean, you have the mindset of problem solving now, so it's just a matter of applying that to yeah. that context. So it's just a matter of time until you get there. So that's pretty cool. Now, I'm essentially getting the vibe that you're saying that it's very important for high schools and unis to be able to teach these tools from an early age to yeah. kids. If they're looking at entering a design or any, any sort of um, design discipline in the next five, 10 years, do you think this content should be taught at a high school level if so what age do you think is suitable i think this should be taught before high school level not necessarily programs okay however i think design itself needs to be taught early on some kids completely learn differently some are good at maths some are good at english some mm-hmm. are good at science everyone kind of learns differently has different interests so i think it's extremely vital to separate the kids at an early age which is middle school which is where they've learned all the basics they need yep. and at this point in middle school they need to really understand which path they want to take on in life and for me I had to teach myself without the help of school yep. where I wanted to go and what I was interested in essentially finding that interest they, they don't really have any of these kind of classes in middle school mm-hmm. so I would like to see even if it was something as simple as kind of drawing or kind of design thinking, problem solving, mm-hmm. some of these kind of classes which can actually uh, help students decide what path they want to take. Yeah. Essentially, I think by the, the end of middle school, maybe around grade 9 or grade 10, that's when you should be hitting programs because programs, these applications are just a tool and you really need to understand what you are doing before you jump on them. Yeah. It, it, it can be a big waste of time if... You're just sitting on a program and you're creating something, but it's just kind of unappealing and unesthetic 
and it doesn't really have any design intention to it. You're just kind of yep. designing for the heck of it. So I think the teaching people the base principles, whether it be design or whether it be something else in life, mm-hmm. you need to learn the base principles before you go and you use these tools. It's to the mindset and the thinking methodology before looking at yeah. the tools. Yeah. yeah, so I'm saying if you have a piece of paper and you start designing on paper, and that's what you do learn in uni, which is actually really good, yep. that we spend the first semester just hand drawing and we don't touch a computer at all which I, I think was actually a very good thing because I lacked in, in that department just hand drawing and using a different mediums to render for example watercolors absolutely yeah so yeah you have to it's a different way of communicating and when you have to put pen on paper you got to know what you're thinking first yeah yeah exactly and that's a kind of fast way to export something yeah you can spend days trying to make a nice building on Revit but yeah you don't know how it's going to turn out unless it's on paper first and yeah. you have to kind of show the tutor or show your teacher hey this is the idea i've got in mind what do you think of it yeah and yeah. essentially if you spend days on revit you could have the orientation wrong or just stupid Definitely. stupid mistake so you need to learn kind of the principles of everything both both on both for the program and both before the program mm-hmm. so basically my biggest tip would be to kind of teach people from paper mm-hmm. just to express what they have in their mind yeah i feel like for a lot of educational departments that would be kind of good knowledge to have whether it just be design or just anything just being able to express what you've got in your mind is a very yeah. hard thing to do absolutely so teaching that through middle school I, I think that's the way to go and essentially as we're pushing towards a university i feel like a lot of people disagree with me with this, but I feel like the actual architecture course should be extended mm-hmm. by year. So I feel like there is so many different things to learn. We're kind of just scratching the surface with everything. Yeah. Whether it be about technology or programs or just designing in general, there's so much to learn and it's kind of never-ending knowledge. Mm-hmm. I feel like the architecture course should be extended by a bit as yep. much as people would hate that. <laughs> but essentially, I feel like a lot of people... Uh, give hate towards architects in, in the industry for making mistakes but at the same time uh, this person who who's an electrician he's been doing his apprenticeship for four years he's been paid to do that he's gone through TAFE he goes to TAFE once a week and he expects me to teach him and to kind of write on a plan the, like, the electric circuits and how everything should go together so I feel like there's so much to learn in, archi- in architecture yeah there's not enough time and there's so many things an architect has to cover yep. so I feel like teaching appropriately and teaching more in depth instead mm-hmm. of having hour long classes we should be spending maybe three hours learning and experimenting spend an hour to learn and two hours to experiment and at the end of it everyone kind of just showcases what they've got and what they've actually learned yeah that's a big thing uh, having that time to share with other students if you're there for an hour just listening to someone yeah and you haven't had time to kind of look at your own application look at what you've got in front of you it's kind of a big waste of time and that's the thing i do when i go to when i go to lectures i don't write anything down i purely sit down and i kind of try and consume as much information Mm -hmm. because if i'm looking at my notepad i'm kind of distracted and all this information's going in one year and out the other so I, i try and only write down what i don't understand if i don't understand i will kind of ask the question so it's all about consuming as much knowledge and having time with tutors with lecturers to really expand 
on what you're missing out on because all this knowledge that you're not taking is what you're missing. I think you've got um, some principles of mindfulness practice there, yeah. but that's a topic for another day. Now, something I wanted to ask before we um, get towards the conclusion was, I noticed that SketchUp wasn't on this list. Have you ever played around with SketchUp? Yeah, I have played up. I just <laughs> do not, like, I know how to use it. And we did use it in the second semester mm-hmm. for uh, first year of architecture. However, I didn't, I don't really enjoy that program. Okay. Uh, I already knew how to do Revit. So anything I wanted to create. You were proficient at that. Yeah, yeah I was proficient in other programs. I didn't really uh, agree with, I did not necessarily agree. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy the way SketchUp worked. I okay. didn't really think it was professional enough, but I guess, I guess you can, you can make it professional. It's all down to personal preference it, it, just, it just wasn't my personal preference i preferred to use inventor if i was trying to create a product i would you got 3ds max you've got cinema 4d if you want to create something a bit more complex mm-hmm. and if you want to create a building you've got revit yeah and for me i could do that a lot faster than i could do sketchup so i kind of stuck with that i knew how to export renderings i knew how to dial in sun angle i knew how to do everything so yeah for me it wasn't very it wasn't necessary to learn that program to the extent yeah. that I guess some students know it. Oh, that's However, fair. It, I think it's an important part to find what you like and what you're good at mm. and kind of excel in that area. Fair because, enough. Yeah, you don't want to be the jack of all trades, but the master of none. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Wise words, mate. And do you have a favorite program? Photoshop. Absolutely. 100% Photoshop. Because you can just let your mind flow. You can, Perfect. You can create absolutely anything in there. So, I think couple of the adobe specialists that are listening to this will get a lot of um i think happiness from that yeah. hearing that from a student so that's perfect mate thanks thanks so much now before we leave do you have any advice for students following on this same path having to self-taught themselves these softwares what are your tips so my tips are basically to start before you even touch the program start with researching with what you're interested in mm-hmm whether that be architecture, whether that be interior design, find what you're actually passionate about. And once you know what you're passionate about, that's when you're more than happy to spend time and invest time doing something for free. So for me, it was sitting down watching 10 hours of YouTube. Although that sounds kind of stupid. It was 10, <laughs> it was 10 hours of learning and yep. I would rather sit on YouTube for 10 hours and learn specifically what I'm interested in. I could easily type in the search bar the exact necessity that I have yeah and I would get that directly in front of me while at a lecture you're kind of just throwing all this information yeah and you just have to accept what you've got in front of you whether you want to listen to it or not so essentially find what you're interested in um, both kind of in so, so with that try and find something that's very detailed and something that's kind of open so so essentially gets getting specific and defining that problem yeah. you're looking to solve. Yeah, so essentially have this specific vision and find the ways you can use these programs if necessary yeah. to kind of have this outcome or this export. Yeah. So you should not be rushing into programs. You should be kind of finding what is easiest, what is something that's accessible to you because a lot of these programs actually cost thousands of dollars. So you need to find something that your university actually has a license for yeah so luckily enough i've had adobe licenses through my school and through my university Mm -hmm. so i could go to university and i could use this if i if it was necessary and i wouldn't need to buy the whole package perfect if i didn't need those so but basically find what you like find a way to do it and from there just keep going if you're interested if you're not interested kind of 
find something else to do, I guess. Yeah, it, I mean, that's that's exactly what you, you're describing a design process where yeah. you find different hurdles, you move to it, you refine it, you find more problems, you refine it, and it's, an, yeah. it's a continuous process. Yeah, essentially, if you're passionate in that, you should be excelling anyways, and it, you know, they say you, you, uh, time flies when you're having fun, and that's so true, especially when learning about all these programs, you just kind of keep learning and progressing and experimenting, and you get to a point where you just become really good at something yeah and it was all really enjoyable yeah and i feel like at that point when you realize when you realize that you've become good at something it's and you've done it for free mm. you've done it over a period of time it's it's almost something you should carry along for the rest of your life and that's why i have chosen to do both photography architecture and kind of design in general throughout my life and that's what i'm studying yeah because i found out i was good at this and i've been doing it for free anyways just learning about it so why not kind of take it to the next level and do it yep. for the rest of my life, I guess. Wise words, mate. And I think this is perfectly in line with a bit of a throwback from a couple of episodes ago where Leanne Kemp mentioned skills currency. This is actually making your skills currency more valuable by you spending those countless hours on YouTube, problem solving, looking for answers, just playing with the software. So that's perfect, mate. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you. That's it for today, folks. But before we leave, I wanted to give a special shout out to AG13 for your five-star review, mate. AG said, thought-provoking design discussions. Brashan's inspiring design explores many concepts of learning, thinking, and communicating in engaging ways. It's a great way to hear about a wide range of topics relating to both design and design education from a diverse range of guests. And if you love design thinking or have just started to explore new ways of problem solving, this is the podcast for you. Mate, thank you so much and really appreciate you sharing the love and I'm hoping you are kicking some major goals as well. Everyone else, if you would like to leave your review and have your name read, it, read out to listeners from 14 countries, jump online to Apple Podcast and share the love. I will make sure to personally read out every review at the end of each episode. One last thing. Jump on to roshansenanayake.com forward slash podcast for the show notes from today's episode and reach out to Elvin as well. Let's give him another shout out. Until next time. Mm-hmm.